The title of the message this morning is uh, Faithfulness. You might say, well, that's just a common everyday term, faithfulness. Well, is it? Have, have you been faithful this past week? Uh, Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's because of Jesus that we even have faith to begin with. And you know, a lot of times we forget that faith is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, and temperance. And did you know faith is in there? Why is faith in the midst of the fruit of the Spirit? See, the fruit of the Spirit, you have things like love, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. You see those working out. You can visibly see those. But can you see faith? Well, some translations say that the accurate description of faith in the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. <clears throat> and so... Because of faithfulness, that is the actual working out faith in our life. <clears throat> A definition of faith is my deliberate and positive response to the good in another to the extent that I will act on his behalf in a personal and powerful way. So let's transfer that thought and that idea over that our faith is in God so that we'll make a deliberate and positive response to his word and will for our lives. You know, there's no room for part-timers in faith. It's, it's a full-time commitment. And do you know probably the most of our faith is practiced when it's not visible to others in your, in your thought life? in your time of reading God's word, in your time of building your convictions, it's, it's a quiet thing that's happening based on our determination. And I'd like to look at some examples in the scripture of, of faithfulness. The first one is, is a real familiar. Turn with me to 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings Chapter 5 is a powerful demonstration of faithfulness. And whether you are a parent, suppose you were a parent and this was your child, what would you think? Or if you was the child, can you imagine if you was the child? says, Now Naaman, a captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because of him. The Lord had delivered deliverance unto Syria, and he is also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went and told his Lord, saying, Thus, thus said the maid that is from the land of Israel. 
And the king of Syria said, un, said, Go, to go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. He departed and took them ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter is coming to thee, behold, I have herewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that they may recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass that when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does send unto me to recover a man of leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And if it's so, when Elisha the man of God had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, and he sent to the king, saying, Whereof thou hast rent thy clothes, let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses, with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent his servant unto him, saying, Go wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out, and stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God, and strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. Are not Ibon and Phiphar rivers of Damascus better than the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid some thee to do some great thing, wouldn't thou have done it? How much rather than when he said unto thee, Wash and be clean? Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Can you imagine what this little maid had faced? She was taken away from her home, her brothers and her sisters and her parents. And she ended up being a, a slave girl in the house of this honorable uh, officer. And you know, she could have been bitter. She could have been saying, well, that, that serves him right, that he has leprosy. But I, I, I want us to think about her faith. And I want us to think about our faith. And our faith is based on how great our faith is, is how faithful we are in everyday life. And you know, she just said it in a matter of normal conversation. She just brought up the subject. Would God, my Lord, were the prophet in Samaria? And notice what she said that he would be cured of his leprosy. And how did he, how did she know that Naaman would be cured? Does anyone know? How, how, how did she know 
that Naaman would be cured. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said in Luke 4.27 that there was no lepers healed in Israel during this time, and Naaman was the only one. So this girl never had a, in her lifetime, she had never seen one healed in Israel. But yet she was so sure that this was going to happen. Can we be that sure in our faith that we are faithful, that we have our faith in God? Can we train our children that they'll be that strong in their faith, even though they never witnessed this particular situation, they, they just have this powerful faith that it will happen? Did she run the chance that her master would say, yeah, right, she's just trying to find a way that to be released because if, if, if she thinks I would get healed, then she thinks we'll set her free. I don't know what all went through their minds, but she said that he would be healed. And Jesus said there was no history of that in Israel. And can you also imagine why did this famous captain even listen to her? And why did the king of Assyria even listen to this story? Can you see how faith can travel? Faithfulness has power, and it can accomplish a lot for God and his kingdom. And of course, the man had to deal with his pride. And the servants, as you know the account, these servants of Naaman had to encourage him and reason with him. And notice all the groups or, or all the different facets of people that this little maid touched. And she said, if he goes down there, he's going to be healed. May we be challenged with that in our life. Another account I want to look at while we're in Kings, turn over to 1 Kings 17. <clears throat> 1 Kings 17. This is the account of Elijah. He was being fed by the ravens. Because according to his prophecy, it was not going to rain. There's going to be a drought and a famine. God told him that the ravens would take care of him for a while. Then the brook dried up. So let's start in verse uh, 8 of First Kings 17. 
And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called for her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as he was going to fetch it, as she was going to fetch it, she called, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And he said, she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord send rain upon the earth. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. There's just a number of aspects in this account that, that should challenge us. Can you imagine the prophet of Elijah was a mighty man? He had tremendous power. You know, he could perform miracles under the direction of God. And yet God was feeding him by the, with the birds. How do you think that made the prophet feel? That, that it would be pretty hum, humiliating, wouldn't it, to be fed by the birds? And then what was even maybe worse in a certain sense is a widow lady. God said, I got a widow lady lined up to take care of you. You know, God could have had a wealthy person to take care of the prophet. A well-to-do lady. A lady that had means. Thinking about faithfulness. Can we be faithful to God regardless of the circumstances we face? You know, sometimes we feel that things have to be just so, or they got to be on a certain level, or, or, or we just can't, can't function. And just picture yourself, if you was Elijah and you walked up to this little village, and this lady that was going to take care of you was preparing to die because of a lack of substance. How would that make you feel? 
and notice what what she said, what Elijah told her. Wasn't that cruel? She says, I don't even have any bread. I just got a handful of meal and a little bit of oil, and I'm getting ready to gather a few sticks and prepare that, and then we're going to be going. And Elijah said, wait a minute. You fix me some food first. Wasn't that pretty harsh? Wasn't that cruel to the widow lady? Wasn't that be going, going beyond reason? You know, we, we face situations sometimes we maybe think is unreasonable. Why, why would she have to prepare a little bit of food for Elijah first? She had to do it first, according to his command. And notice what she did. She did. Elijah said, fear not. You know, that, that was brought out in our Sunday school lesson today, this thing of fear. And when we have a strong faith in God, fear has to take the back seat. Fear has to kind of melt away when we're, our faith is strong in God. And may we build our faith in God and take opportunity for that. And it says, for the, uh, verse 15, it says, She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. She and he, Elijah, and her house did eat many days. Why? Because she put someone else first. She put God's command first, even though it didn't make any sense. She had no reserve. She was getting ready to die. No reserve. This handful of meal and this uh, little bit of oil wasn't enough to turn them around. It was not. David's going to die. It would not turn him around. And she was asked to share that with the prophet first. I think that's a principle that will, will challenge us to be faithful to God, to his word. And do you know what else Jesus said? This was the only one that the pro this was the only widow that the prophet Elijah was sent to during that time. The only one. Sometimes uh, <clears throat> we think we don't have much and we're asked to share. Will we be faithful? Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Turn to another, I will turn to Matthew uh, 16.24. 
Matthew 16, 24 says that <clears throat> Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You know, denying self, we feel at times is unreasonable. And we could have said, well, that was unreasonable for Elijah to ask her to deny herself before she served him when she was at the point of death. God can, can make himself strong in our behalf when we are willing to deny ourselves. She acted in faith, and God blessed her from that day forth. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, thinking about faithfulness. Hebrews chapter 11, that's the chapter of faith. I want to look at a few examples there. Verses 11 to 13 of Hebrews 11. I want to break in here at verse 13, but it's referring, verse 13 says, These all died in faith. And, and these, part of the these is Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and Sarah. It says, These all died in faith. <clears throat> Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, embracing them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is called a heavenly before God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. I just wish we could grasp the faith that these people had. And you know, we feel like we have missed it sometimes if we're not rewarded for our faith in this life. And it plainly says that they didn't receive the promises. But you know, they were faithful because they saw the promises, they, were, they saw the future and that they, they was going to be rewarded. And they had this testimony that they were strangers and pilgrims. You know what gets in the way of our faith at times? We get entangled with the things of this world. And see, they, they reaffirmed that they were strangers and pilgrims and they confessed that. That they declared plainly that they were seeking another country. Verse 15, it says that you know, if they would have been mindful of where they were living, if they were been mindful of all the riches that they could have around them, they would have had opportunity to, to return to the life of sin. 
you and I have constant opportunity to return to our former life and not to be faithful. And that's why it's so important for us to be faithful because we have constant opportunity to return to sin. And pray that we can take that challenge. It talks about Moses there and how his parents, in verse 23, Moses' parents by faith, verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Notice how faith overcomes fear. And, and, and I don't need to tell you, in the last year or so, there's been a lot of fear promoted in our world around us with the virus and all the related things. And Moses, he had everything going for him in royalty. And it says that... <clears throat> He, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses had faith. Apparently, in, I'm not sure how it was instilled in him, but he chose faith and to suffer for God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. See, we like to sometimes have faith and assurance of the future. And God does not always allow you to have both. You know, sometimes God may allow us to see how things may work out. But faith, true faith, you don't know the future. But you trust in God as though you did know the future. I was tested one time some years ago. Uh, it was in the winter time, and, and I don't remember all the situations, but our basement, we, we heated with wood when we lived out at the farm, and our basement was empty, and it was in December, I believe, and there was a powerful snowstorm coming. And I had this sense that God was going to take care of us, but I didn't know how. And you see, my faith was weak. So I took off work. I got my son-in-law, and we went and got a load of firewood because my faith was weak that this powerful snowstorm was coming, and I needed to provide, right? But I also had this feeling that God would take care of us. And do you know that one hour before the snow started falling, a brother called me and says, I have a load of firewood and I want to bring it to you. One hour before the snow started falling, he brought the firewood. That's the kind of faith we have in God, and I didn't pass the test that time. That God will take care of us. The same as he took care of the widow lady. The same as he took care of Elijah. And the same as he took care of these people in, in Hebrews 11. 
I'd like to point out a little later in that chapter, let's go toward the end of the chapter, uh, chapter 11. You know, we tend to think that God's blessing on people of faith means that everything worked out all right. It says in verse 32, he talks about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and he says, who through faith subdued kingdoms, whose righteousness obtained promises, they stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, and they were valiant in fight, and turned the fight of the armies to the alien. Women received their dead raised to life, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, obtained a better resurrection. Now listen to this other group. They're just as faithful, they're just as strong as faith in God, and it says that they were had cruel mockings and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed asunder. How does that sound for being faithful? See, just because faith, because our faith is strong in God don't mean things are always going to be positive. But God will take care of us. He will be faithful whatever we face. You know, let's, let's turn to Acts, uh, Peter, Acts chapter 4. You know, when Peter as a disciple was with Jesus, he had, <clears throat> he had problems. Peter, when he went to warm himself at leading up to the crucifixion and the little maid said, hey, your speech betrays you. You're, you're one of them. And he denied it. And notice what happens after it says um, in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. It says, And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers and people and elders of Israel, and he was speaking before the a crowd of 5,000 people apparently and his enemies, the Sadducees, the priests, and so on. He said, if this day we be examined for the good deed done to the impotent man by which means he is made whole, be it known unto you all that the people of Israel, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you, the builders which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, and though there is no other name under heaven given among men where you must be saved. And now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Peter was transformed from a weakling to somebody that was boldly proclaiming Jesus. His faith was strong and he didn't care what they I'm assuming he didn't care what they thought of him. 
but he was proclaiming Jesus. And can that be our challenge, that our faith is so strong that people know that we've been with Jesus, and we're not ashamed of it either. Turn with me just yet to Hebrews uh, 3. Hebrews 3, 1 to 6. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, the apostle, high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who is faithful to him, appointed him also. Moses was faithful in his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch that he built the house, hath honor that more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in his house as a servant for a testimony of the things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his house, thou shalt, whose house are we if we hold fast to confidence and rejoice in the hope of the end. What is faithfulness? It's living our faith as part of the fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness is important and it, it needs to be continuous. It needs to be lived every day and night, regardless of where we are. And that we can be like the little maid, that it's just a matter of fact, that if you would go so-and-so, God would do so-and-so based on her faith in God, her pure faith in God. And, and, and we as adults get shaky sometimes in our faith. Why do we? We need to let God's Spirit, as Peter, take control, and he will see us through. Shall we sing? <clears throat> 